Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. We've got Delena Hunt, and she works for Video Creators. Yes, she is a YouTube queen. Thanks for taking the time to tune in out of your busy day. I appreciate it. Do you have big dreams? I think you do, and that's why you're listening to this podcast and probably others. Maybe you're ready to start closing one or two more deals a month, or maybe you want to feel secure enough to go from part-time agent to full-time career. Whatever it is, I know that I can help. The truth is, there is a better way of doing business. If you're struggling to make ends meet, or you're constantly feeling like you're being pulled away from your family to answer clients, it's not your fault. That's what we were taught. Most agents feel just like you do, and I remember feeling the exact same way. But there's a new way to do business, and it's at your fingertips. All you have to do is go to www.themayshoreblueprint.com slash podcast I reserve a call today with one of my business development coaches. They're going to take 20 minutes to actually review your strategy and to talk to you about what the next steps are. We've helped over 600 agents across the nation in small markets and in large markets absolutely change their business. Now, here's the deal. Don't be afraid. There's no pressure. There's no pitch. In fact, we need to see if you're a good fit for our program. And if all this call does is actually help you craft a plan and look in more detail over the next 30 days to get one or two more clients, wouldn't it be worth it? Well, of course it would. Now, you've got big dreams, but what have you done recently to put those dreams into action? We can help you. Go to themayshoreblueprint.com slash podcast. Again, themayshoreblueprint.com slash podcast and reserve your call today. Don't let fear hold you back. There's a new way of doing business and we found it. See you soon. How you doing, Delena? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited. I'm, I am so ready. I, I love YouTube and I love helping people kind of get, put their best foot forward. And, you know, cause I feel like YouTube is such a, it can be such a complex topic. And so, um, yeah, I'm just super excited to talk with you today. Perfect. So tell me, so, so we deal mostly with small business owners, mm-hmm. local professionals, real estate agents, and lenders. So talk to me a little bit about what would you, you know, People get a little intimidated sometimes regarding social media and YouTube, all these different platforms. What would your advice be to get someone started? And why should they start? Um, Why they should start, I think, is a really good question because, especially for small business owners, I think it's really important because... YouTube is basically direct to market. Like if you can get your videos out there, like if somebody is looking to buy a house or get into a property investment or something like that, and they're going and they're searching on YouTube, how to get started in that, it's like direct to market. And it just doesn't get any better than that. So why to get started, I think is pretty clear, you know? Um, but, 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 but for a lot of people, it's yeah. not. So explain what you mean when you say direct to market, because a lot of people, they don't yeah. understand the power of YouTube. Yeah. Um, well, it's just, you know, it's a, uh, people literally go like, it's the second largest 
or second most popular search engine in the world, like all on the internet. There's Google and then there's YouTube. And so people are coming to YouTube to find answers to their solutions, whether they're looking to just buy a house to get started. Um, maybe they just want to buy property. Like, like there's so many different avenues, but so many, like, just like how you don't know how to get started on YouTube, people even search that on YouTube, right? Um, people who don't know where to get started whenever it comes to real estate or investing in that, they search those things. And so mm -hmm. if you are coming up on the feed because people are searching for these things, you are literally getting right to the person that you, and especially if you're like focused on a certain area, people will even search, you know, um, property in Arkansas or something like that. And you can literally get like find clients and everything in between just by growing your YouTube channel. And then YouTube is also um, Delina, tied into Google. Uh-huh. Yep. So then, then they have that as well, which is great. Yeah. YouTube is owned by Google. And so um, YouTube videos are actually uh, like five times, five times more likely to rank number one than, uh, just a regular blog post or something, a YouTube video. Wow. So do you hear that? So YouTube videos are five times more likely to rank number one, which tells us that we need to be doing videos and putting them on, um, YouTube because YouTube is directly correlated with Google. So when people do searches, you're going to show up. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. So how should somebody get started? Someone's never used YouTube before. First of all, tell us how they get started and give us some of your best hidden secret strategies. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think it's really important whenever it comes to YouTube that, you know, a lot of creators start and they just kind of feel like, well, I don't feel like I have an, the right camera equipment or I don't feel like I have enough. Like they don't feel like they have enough to offer yet. And specifically because of that, I think it's important that you just get started. You get started with what you have. You can sit in your office in front of a window and uh, or buy a $50 light from Amazon, you know, and just start making videos just because honestly, I hate to break it to you, but every first creators, their first video sucks. <laughs> it yeah. just does. And That's we just okay. have to, it's okay. Yeah. We just have to get over that hump because I think that a lot of creators make the mistake of like, okay, I just need to like set everything up before I get started. But if you get started first, you'll have a clearer picture of what you actually need to move forward with and where the areas that you actually need to improve on. Cause I think that we try to get the clear picture first rather than just getting our hands in there. Um, so I think it's really important to just get started, just set, set up your iPhone. These iPhones, they shoot in 4k you know that you've got plenty of quality here great they capture light really well so if you've got a window and an iPhone they also have decent audio and so um, just get started but in terms of like what okay what do I actually make as my first video I know that I can use my iPhone and everything but what should I even talk about well what are some of the most qu common questions that you get in your business that you find yourself answering over and over and over again with the people that you deal with on a daily basis and start making videos on those topics. And then from there, you'll likely start to get questions in your comments. Okay, well, what about this? And then you can start to answer those questions. It's also important to do a lot of research, like whatever niche you're going into. So if it's property investment or just connecting the right person to the right house or whatever it may be, um, 
you want to just immerse yourself in that niche because the more that you know about what's already out there, what people are doing well, what questions aren't being answered and everything in between, the better that you can serve the audience that you're trying to reach. It's funny, one, one of the tips that I give my students is to go to Google and start typing in questions and you'll see yeah. it will auto-populate the most frequently asked questions. So the, the one that comes up first, that's the most frequently asked question. Then you can keep going down. And then if you yep. scroll to the bottom where it says related searches, you can also do, you can also answer those questions. So going to Google and, and doing that little uh, is a trick. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about it is that you're getting, again, you know, people are searching that that's, that's the most commonly searched term. So use Google to your advantage when it comes to thinking about topics. And Delana, you gave it, you just gave a great advice. You know, what are the most yep. common questions, the most the common problems? What do you find yourself answering over and over? What, what things always seem to come up? Do videos on that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, on top of that, you can also go to YouTube itself and just, you know, auto-populate the search bar on YouTube as well, you know, because you brought up auto-populating on Google. Great place to start. Um, there's also little tools that you can use that you can see kind of like how many searches you're getting. If you use TubeBuddy, um, I think it's a paid, you can use TubeBuddy or vidIQ. You, I think it's only like eight bucks a month for TubeBuddy, but if you go and you type in a search term, it will, um, tell you how many searches you actually get uh, or that term actually gets for that month. Um, and so that's a great way to know as well is just seeing, okay, maybe it's not the top search term on YouTube. Because a lot of times what we also have to consider is that the top search term, although we still want to serve those viewers, there's usually a lot of competition there. On there. And mm -hmm. so um, by looking at like the actual search volume, okay, maybe not millions of people are searching this, but maybe 20,000 people are searching this a month and that's still a sizable number. And so we can make videos on those topics and things like that. So is there a way to find out like on YouTube locally, what questions people are asking on a local level? On a local level? Um, no, not unless you really kind of search the like if if i were to go into like property for arkansas or something like that like if you search a local term then you can see the searches there but that would really be the only way okay okay so you can't do that so um so strategy number one is just to start right you don't need fancy yeah. equipment you just need to start don't be so concerned about making it perfect because you'll learn as you go so yes. implement quickly and and then looking for topics what questions you commonly get asked Mm -hmm. And then can you give us like the, what type of, as far as the video itself, what is the format that the video should be in? Like, I know it's doing a video on YouTube is different than doing a video on Facebook. For example, people are usually going to video to compare and contrast or to learn, right? Whereas when you're on Facebook, it's more uh, for entertainment. So what, what is the strategy behind how you should be creating the videos? So it's really going to vary a lot depending on your niche because, I mean, there are little like cartoon characters out there that are 30 second long videos, you know what I'm saying? Um, and those are purely for entertainment. But for something like this, it, usually your videos fall kind of in between the 
anywhere from five to 10 minutes long. Uh, that length, it, and the only reason, whenever you're thinking about like video length, video structure and everything, which I'm gonna walk through a little bit of a video structure uh, to give you a clearer picture, but um, when, especially whenever it comes to video length, because that's a question that we get a lot, you wanna think about what, how long does this video need to be? Like truly need to be. That means cutting out any fluff, cutting out any information that maybe is not super specific to the topic at hand um, and just really cutting it down to the meat of the content. Or it could mean that maybe we go over a little bit because maybe we needed to spend a little bit more time to really explain this more complicated topic, right? So maybe that video is 15 minutes long and that's okay. You need to let your video be however long it needs to be. But usually in a niche like this, it falls around five to 10 minutes. Five to 10 um, minutes. Okay. Yeah. I, I really want to hear about the video structure. So videos, yeah. you want to be about five to 10 minutes long. Um, and the structure of a video, that, that's a, very, very curious about that. Yeah, so the structure is super, super important. So I think whenever it comes to growing on YouTube and just kind of what you need to know overall is we need to think less about um, algorithms and more about people. So how can we get people to respond to our content? Because the algorithms are designed to respond to how people respond to our content. So if we get people to respond to it well through a good title and thumbnail, a good video structure, and then what, where they're going after the video, um, those are the biggest three things that we need to pay attention to um, whenever it comes to engaging our audience, getting our videos out there and stuff like that. So uh, the first thing you want to focus on is a good title and thumbnail. It all starts there. That's where, that's where we get the viewer to click. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of a good thumbnail and it makes YouTube is a visual platform. So we need to visually entice them as much as possible. And then from there, um, we want to think about, oh, yeah, or as far as a thumbnail, give me an example of what kind of things people should be thinking about when they're making their thumbnail. Uh, okay. So give me a video topic. Okay. Um, uh, three things you should do when selling a home. Three things you should do when selling a home. Okay, so you wanna think about what kind of visual representation can we have um, that would connect to selling a home? So I think that Graham Stephan, have you heard of him? No. Okay, well, you, you can look him up. He's, he does a lot of real estate kind of topics, selling houses, property, everything like that. What's his name? Graham Stephan. Okay. And, um, he does this really well. So his thumbnails are a great example, but he'll have like for a video topic like that, he'll have maybe like one of the little house emojis and then a dollar sign next to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really, really important to have, first of all, you want your thumbnails to be really crisp and clean and clear, like just one clear focus on that thumbnail, maybe the creator's face and then the visual elements that complement the topic at hand. Um, or, you want it to, yeah, you just want it to pop. And so you don't want it to be too busy is the thing. A lot of creators try to like put text and then emojis and then like all these other things going on. And if it's too busy, the eye will just skip right over it and it'll land on somebody else's thumbnail. We want our thumbnail to be that. Yeah. And so try to keep it really clean and simple. Um, but yeah, it's just any visual representation that you can have, whether it, even if it's just through simple little emojis of like a house and then $3 signs or something. Yes. Okay. They're going to pick up on those visual signals first before they read any text or anything like that. To get an idea of what the video is about. Okay. So really good thumbnail and then a description. Talk to me a little bit more about the description. The description? Of the title. Uh, 
Oh, the title. Yeah. Um, so the title, I mean, lists are really great. So like what you said, the three things, you know, three ways to sell a home. Um, those are really, really popular because the reason why is they feel really tangible to the viewer. Like, Oh, three things I can do right now. Okay. Let's, let's hear it. You know? So you want things that either feel really practical and really tangible to the viewer and or you want something that reaches into an underlying like the reason that they're really coming to the video why do they need three ways to sell homes you know three new ways to sell homes well probably because they're struggling in their business so maybe you say something like um how to get a how to get out of a rut as a real estate agent or something like that how to get out of a financial rut or slow i, I don't know what terms you guys would use but yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's reaching underneath. Okay. Yes. The practical value is they're learning three new strategies, but what's underneath that? What's the story behind that title or that need that that viewer faced that brought them to a point of needing this content? So you can play on that in terms of titles and thumbnail, honestly, sometimes, um, or you can play on the practical value. Sometimes you can do a little bit of both. Maybe you represent the practical value within the thumbnail and then the underlying value, the why in the title. So you kind of play on both of them at the same time. Got it. Okay. And the description is, the title uh, description is really important because that's what people are searching. And if you're, it needs to like say what it is they're typing in. So when you said earlier, Hey, make sure you're really thinking about the people and not yeah. so much the algorithm because it's what the people are actually doing. So meeting the needs of the people is going to meet the need of the algorithm, which is going to make YouTube then promote your videos to more people. Correct. Yeah. So, but I don't want it, you to think that it's necessarily about like, oh, YouTube is going to match these keywords to these keywords, right? But it's more so what are the words that ping the interest of the viewer? Because you could type in, you know, three new ways to sell a home and we could have that as our title. But if the content isn't good, like say the thumbnail isn't serving viewers, it's not enticing them to click. Uh, people For the people that do click, maybe we didn't do a good job with uh, engaging them and connecting with them in the video. And so they didn't watch for very long. Like those are all things that YouTube is looking at. So we could have a perfectly optimized title but if our thumbnail doesn't, isn't, you know, enticing people, then YouTube's going to recognize that. And that doesn't guarantee us that we're going to rank in search. So it's more so not about matching it for keyword sake, but matching it for, is that what's going to ping the interest of the viewer? Perfect. Now let's talk about watch time. What are some strategies to keep the viewer engaged, to keep them watching? What, what would, what do you recommend to your clients at video creators? Uh, dot com on how to actually how to get people to actually watch because videos are great but if nobody's watching does no good yes this is such a good question um the so the reason i talked about the title and the thumbnail first because we actually got on that from talking about video structure but the reason i talked about that first was because that's where we're setting up our expectation so what we do with our video structure starts with the title and the thumbnail because what expectation are we setting up for the viewer what are we promising them you know what pain are we playing on or anything in between and so the first thing that we need to say in the video is we need to connect with that pain struggle and need and uh, through that offer them like promise them the practical value so i'm going to give an example of one of the video creators videos because it's a little bit of a more extreme advanced uh, example and it'll help to paint the picture a little bit better but video creators on our youtube channel we have tim made a video called when you're ready to quit youtube and in that video what is it, he, what is it called say it again it's called when you're ready to quit youtube okay 
Yeah. And so in that video, he could have so easily opened up by saying, Hey guys, Hey creators, I'm going to show you how to stay motivated on YouTube and blah, 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 blah. Like I'm going to, he could have immediately met them with the practical value, but instead he's the first thing that he says in that video is being a YouTube creator is so hard. And he talks about all the reasons why it's hard. And he talks about the dip that creators face and what we can uh, learn from it and everything in between. So what he's doing here right at the beginning of the video is he's connecting to what he knows that they're feeling, the struggles that they face that made them interested in this video. He's aligning so, himself with them, their feelings. Exactly. Yeah. Because what this does for the viewer is it makes them feel like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. What do you have to say? What what do you have to say? Cause you know, it's kind of like the difference between, I give this uh, example a lot, but it's kind of like the difference between the doctor that reads your sheet that the nurse gave him, comes into the room, kind of assumes that he already knows what's going on, prescribes you some medication. And then you're just kind of like, I don't want to take this medication. It's not, I don't feel like, you know, what's really going on with me, you know? Yeah. And then there's the doctor that comes into the room and he lets you rant about all the pains that you've been having and the struggles and everything in between. And then he says, man, that's hard. I think that these are some things that we need to try. These are some first steps that we need to take. I'm going to go ahead and prescribe you this medication for now. Um, and then we can look into other options after that. Um, and then you'd be like, oh, okay. I feel like we're going to get somewhere. That's the difference. We need to be that doctor to our viewers where we feel like they feel like we've already listened to them and we really know them before we offer them practical value. So, um, but that still needs to be really, really short and sweet. So he yeah. does talk about at, in the beginning, like he connects with that, but he quickly goes into the practical value. And so, um, that's just super important. So play on their pain, right? That's what we call the hook. Um, and so the hook needs to be like, 15 seconds long and then from there you can go into what we call a branded intro so branded intros aren't like make or break your growth at all but they are a great opportunity to kind of represent your branding communicate your value proposition so your value proposition is kind of the core of who you are and what you're about on your channel um and so you if you have like a little cute little phrase or something like that that you incorporate in that it's a great opportunity for you to communicate that and then from there you can go into your personal introduction so we don't even talk about ourselves until probably like I don't know depending on how long your hook is maybe 30 to 45 seconds into the video we don't even say our name and um so but it's it's that opportunity that we get to say hey my name is delena and i am all about helping you do xyz so that you can xyz you know um and then we go into the topic at hand and today we're doing that by blah 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 mm -hmm. gotcha so a good hook in the beginning align with their feelings and then once you've aligned with their feelings, then establish yourself as the authority figure, why they should actually be listening to you, right? Mm -hmm. they, they need, to, they need to, to know that you're the person that actually they should be listening to. So kind of demonstrate the authority without saying you're the authority, meaning mm -hmm. something like you wouldn't say, oh, I'm the best realtor in town. You'd say, hey, I've yeah. sold you know, over 2,000 homes in my career. I understand exactly what you're going through, right? So then yeah. they realize, oh, you're an authority figure and yeah. then get into your topics. Yeah. Gotcha. So okay. you're kind of building, you're kind of building credibility in two different ways. You're building credibility in the sense of you're making the viewer feel like, yes, you know exactly what I'm feeling. Cause that adds credibility just in, you're like, how did you know? How did you read my mind? You know? And then you're building credibility and like been there because I know exactly how you're feeling. 
and I've overcome it because I've now achieved X, Y, Z. And yeah, so you, those two elements together are really important. Perfect. And then now here's how you, here's the solution, right? Yep. yep. Is, exactly. is like the chunk of the video. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then what about the call to action? So your calls to action. Oh, this is such a good question. Um, I think that a lot of creators fall into the trap because we see it on YouTube all the time, right? Where we watch a video and then at the end of it, the creator is like, hey, everyone, make sure that you like, comment and subscribe and share this all over your social medias and blah, blah, blah. And they give us like 10 things to do at the end of the video. Um, but what is more effective, it's important to keep in mind that the more things that we give them to do at the end of the video, the less likely they are to do anything. And so we need to make, uh, we need to let each video have its own purpose, which we can talk about more later. Um, but most of the time we need to give them one clear place to go. So whether that's sending them off the platform to our website or sending them to another video, which is what we'll do in most videos if we're trying to grow our YouTube channel, you want to send them to another video. And it's so important to, you can still have the little subscribe button there on the end screen because there's little end screens that you can add and you can add like the subscribe button and then the next video you want them to watch. So you can still have that there if they want to click on it. But the only call to action that you actually make at the end of the video is, hey, make sure that you watch, now that you know these three strategies on how to sell this house, make sure that you watch this video right here where I'm going to walk you through blah, blah, blah. And whenever we pick this video, we need to not think about, because uh, YouTube gives you the option to select like best for viewer or something like that. Don't select that because um, YouTube may know, it may have all of their viewing history, you know, but maybe they just started watching real estate videos or just started looking for this. So there's not a lot of viewing history there for that, for YouTube to go off of in terms of this topic. And YouTube doesn't know why they clicked on this video in particular, but we do we created the video. And so we know what video would be a next, a natural next step for them. Like if they came for this particular information, what's another video that plays off of that, maybe a similar struggle. Like if somebody's struggling with this, what else might they be struggling with and pitch that next video? Um, and if you can do it in the video, that's the most impactful way. So how do you do it in the video? So you would just basically at the end of your video, you know, you can, I always recommend that creators just kind of stop for a second and think, okay, I'm creating a, a video on three new ways to sell homes. You know, um, if somebody's struggling with this, they're probably struggling to find new clients and stuff like that. So here, maybe I made a video on how to find more clients. I don't know. Um, and so I'm going to pitch that. Okay. So you decide that in your mind. <laughs> And then now that you kind of have these three new strategies that you're gonna be working on, uh, you might also be struggling with finding new clients, you know? And if this is something that you're struggling with, I actually have a whole video on this and this is what I'm going to teach you. Tell them what that video is and why, like what they're going to learn from it, like the ultimate takeaway, uh, what problem it's going to solve for them. And then how so, do they then go and search for that video? How do you, how do they go search for that video? They can click on it on your screen and it will just be like below mm -hmm. no it's not it's not linked below like whenever you if do your in your end screens uh because whenever you upload a video to youtube there's a place where you can insert end screens and it's actually a clickable link that it'll have on the screen so you can point in the video like in the video footage you can point like maybe just right above your shoulder. And then whenever you go and you insert the end screen after it's uploaded to YouTube, that little box will pop up and yeah. 
then they can click on it from there. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Okay. So you had talked earlier, I think you had said the format or you had said something else that you wanted to touch on and I tried to write it down and I didn't. And now I'm forgetting what you said. (laughs) Yeah, I I got it. I got it all in here. Yeah. So what else, what else do we we need to know? Um, so I did talk about having each video to have its own purpose. So this is really, really important, especially whenever we are a business and we're trying to get clients, we likely want to send them to our website frequently and stuff like that. And so there's a difference between discoverable community and sales videos. And I'm going to break a little bit of those down. So Uh, the first one, discoverable videos, discoverable videos are going to be any video specifically designed just to have a wide reach. So these are the videos that a lot of new channels are going to start out making. Like this is the majority of what you're going to make. Um, it's just people getting to know you. They're basically, you're just like giving information, giving value, helping people, getting them, developing a relationship with them, showing that you're actually the authority figure. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, this is, you're basically telling them, this is what I have to offer. This is what I'm all, you're answering questions. You're like you said, offering value. I love that phrase. Um, you're just giving, giving, giving value, no secrets. Right. And so then from there we have community content. So community content is going to be any video specifically designed just to build a deeper relationship with the audience that we've already built. So uh, we've been just doing discoverable content for a little bit. Maybe we have a couple thousand subscribers. Okay. A couple thousand is not a lot in terms of the grand scheme of YouTube, right? But it's still a couple thousand people watching you. And so it, we should start, we should make that couple thousand really loyal and really care about them, right? And so that's where community content comes in. Now, community content you'll do, you won't do as often as discoverable content because discoverable content is kind of like your bread and butter. It's what brings people in, hopefully turns them into subscribers and everything in between. But uh, community content is where we really start to, we can start to lead them into bigger and better things from our YouTube channel. That all starts with that relationship. So this can be things like maybe, I don't know, a day in the life of a YouTube strat or a YouTube strategist. I meant to say real estate. Agent. Yeah. <laughs> a day in the life of a realtor or, you know, maybe you share your own personal story about, uh, you know, how you got started in real estate. And that's not necessarily a discoverable topic, but for maybe the other realtors that are following you or things, or even if, it's not realtors following you. Maybe it's people who are interested in the services that you offer. Um, then they will still be able to connect with you because it's that human element, that human element that you'll probably hear a lot of people talk about in terms of growing on YouTube. We want to feel like we can connect with you. And so don't be afraid to just talk about your life, but those have to be specifically designated videos. We can't like talk about our lives and rant on about our lives in a discoverable video because that's not the purpose of that video. We are expecting new people to watch um, discoverable videos, people who aren't invested in us yet. So we save those other elements for community content. Um, And in both of these, discoverable and community, we will send them to another video. So these are just kind of, we're getting them to, watch more, watch more, watch more. Cause what's the most important thing to YouTube? 
is watch time. Mm -hmm. Watch time, keeping people on its platform for as long as possible. And so um, then we have sales videos. So sales videos are going to be any video specifically designed to send a viewer off of the platform. So whether that's to sign up for our email list, join a private Facebook group, uh, actually go buy a product or book a call with us or anything in between, um, that is a sales video. And we have specific designated sales videos because um, it can be a negative sign to Google if we're consistently sending viewers off of their platform. And so, because remember Google and YouTube are connected. Um, so we want to help YouTube achieve its goals of keeping people on the platform for as long as possible so that it helps us achieve our goals. So we do sales videos when it makes good business sense to do so. Okay. We've built a good following a pretty, we're starting to get some loyalty. All right, let's do a sales video. We got maybe 2,500 subscribers. You really don't have to have a lot before you start doing sales content. Um, now I'm going to start sending them to my email list you know, maybe they get a free guide or something like that, or the first steps that they need to take in buying a house or whatever, if they sign up for my email list. Gotcha. Okay. So discoverable basically is just getting them to know you, like you and trust you, developing yep. a relationship, adding value, not asking for anything in return. Community videos are more, can you elaborate a little bit more on, on community? Yeah. Um, so community videos, it's just kind of letting the viewers know the human behind the camera, you know? So it's simple things like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and just kind of share my story with you guys casually. They can be a lot more lax, you know? Mm. And um, share your story. What, give me some other examples of community videos that you consider. Uh, so there's like, I'm trying to think more so what would maybe be like maybe too. mistakes that they've made or things, things that have worked, things that haven't worked, um, things yeah. that they could do differently, that kind of thing. Yeah, those, those could be both. So that's where, that's kind of an area where community and discoverable could cross over and that's common. So that can happen sometimes. Maybe you make like, oh, the 10 biggest mistakes I made as a real estate agent. Um, and that was kind of, in your mind, it was more of a community content, but that could be very highly discoverable if somebody comes across that, you know, um, so those, yes, would technically be considered community, but could also fall into discoverable as well. Um, yeah, it could be like, I think I mentioned this earlier, but day in the life, like maybe you just literally take them along with you. Okay. As a real estate agent, I wake up at this time and then I do this, you know, and you know, kind of just giving a people a picture of your life. Um, it could be interviewing, maybe you decide to interview one of your past clients and kind of a success story, like share a success story. Those aren't going to be always super discoverable. Um, but for the people that already know you that they, they will care about results that you got or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's more after you've developed the relationship, after you've established yourself as the authority figure, mm -hmm. then it's taking them more on a little bit of a more personal note with you. Personal. Yep. Mm -hmm. To taking that relationship and really developing it even more. Yeah. Exactly. They get, they're discovering who you are. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. And then sales. So on the sales, you you're taking them off of your page, to sign mm -hmm. up for your email list, going to your website, um, sending them to a certain landing page, whatever it might be. Yep. Yep. It, it's just any time that you're sending them off of the platform. Like maybe you decide that you want to send them to your Instagram page. Don't necessarily recommend that, but maybe you decide that you send them to the Instagram page. Um, and that would be considered a sales video. Now. 
I think a common misconception with that is a, a question that I get from creators is, well, can I have links in my description if that's the case? Yes, you can have links, just don't call to them every time. Um, anything that you do on YouTube, you always want to think about what is going to serve the viewers the best, you know? So if somebody comes to a discoverable video and then in that discoverable video, they decide that, oh, they want to find out more about you. And so they want to go to your website, have your website in there. You know, you don't call to it, but it's there if somebody who wants it is looking for it and can access it. Um, so at the end of the day, we always want to think about what's going to serve my viewers the best. Make it all about them. Yes. So how often should you do a sales video? Like if you're doing discovery, discoverable community sales, what's the ratio? Yeah, um, so it's gonna depend on your upload schedule, but um, at, at least 50% discoverable, I would say. Um, if you're at the beginning of your journey, maybe do like 100% discoverable for the first two months, and then you can start to do some community, and then from there start to do some, some sales, but at least 50% discoverable, and then, maybe like one community and one sales. Again, it depends on like the other 50, you, 25 community, 25 sales is what I'm trying to say. So 50 discoverable, 25% community, 25% sales. But if you're only doing four uploads a month, uh, that's not a lot of content to go around. I mean, that's a fine upload schedule. Don't get me wrong. That's actually like industry standard, but- um, One a month is industry standard? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant once a week. Oh, okay. Once a week. Okay. Once a week. Yeah. So if you're doing you once. That's enough just doing once a week? Yeah. Lots of creators grow doing once a week. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So, once, so yeah. that's good. That's, that's a lot. Good. Yeah. A lot of creators actually fall in between. They'll fall at like two times a week because um, you just want to think about it this way. So we talked about, you know, how can we best, it's at the end of the day is about what serves the viewers the most, right? And our upload schedule is part of that. So if we're uploading five times a week and although our subscribers may be interested in the topics that we're talking about, they may not want to watch it five days a week. You know, um, they have limited time. They have other creators that they love. It's nothing personal, you know, um, but they only have so much time in the day that they can put towards, you know, figuring this issue out for themselves or watching your videos. And so if we're uploading five times a week and uh, our subscribers aren't watching a lot of our videos, then we're not really serving them. We're not really serving ourselves because we're over working ourselves and uh, usually there's not a there's just not a lot of return on investment there it doesn't really make our channels more discoverable because now we're at a point where we're just trying to pump out content and that content isn't as good as it could be um, so at the end of the day it doesn't really serve anyone the most and so that's why a lot of creators fall at the two times a week where you're kind of staying at the forefront of the viewers mind because you're in their subscription feed twice a week um, but it's not so much that they are skipping over content and then they just end up skipping over your content consistently as a habit you know that's actually really good to know so so it takes you know the overwhelm away from people yeah. they've got to do something like this every day no it's once or twice a week right everybody can do one video a week and make it really you know put some investment into it as far as your time so that you're actually following you know um what delena is saying i i like it what else what else would you recommend that we we need to know about um oh i had a thought earlier that i was traveling on but i think we kind of got off um did i answer your question about sales videos yeah you did perfect mm -hmm. 
Okay. Um, cool. So I think, uh, uh, one thing that's going to be really important for your niche in particular, like you, your audience here, the guy, everyone that we're talking to, um, I don't be afraid to delegate, like just don't be afraid to delegate tasks. So I think that especially whenever somebody starts YouTube, they take everything on themselves. They make all of their own thumbnails. They edit all of their videos, like everything in between. And that will all get really overwhelming really fast. And you don't want to get stuck in this place to where you're trying to keep up this rat race of, of, you know, feeding YouTube to where you feel like it's taking away from you actually feeding your business in the long run. And so, um, I I think what's really going to be important is start out just with what you have. Don't go and hire a video editor and everything like just kind of get the ball rolling. Um, but then don't be afraid to start to delegate it to maybe after a couple months in, once you've kind of like got the feel for this, don't be afraid to bring on a video editor, whatever is going to allow you to spend more time on your business and implement these strategies that you're talking to everyone about, right? Um, and actually serving people in your business, because I think that's a common thing that a lot of business owners run into is, you know, they're trying to keep up with the social media rat race and it's fine to delegate. Like, don't be afraid to delegate. It's not going to be any less personal to your viewers. Um, and you guys do that video creators. You guys actually work with people on their YouTube channels. We do, we do YouTube strategy. So we help people understand how YouTube works. We help people get over their growth stumps and stuff like that. Um, we don't do any video editing or um, actually create any video, <laughs> contrary to what the name sounds like, we don't actually create any videos for you. Um, no, we, we work with video creators. We come alongside them to help them reach their goals um, and what they're trying to achieve in their business. Gotcha. But that doesn't mean that it's actually pretty common that, you know, if we bring on a one-on-one -on -one client that I will have, like, I'll do video reviews for their editor and stuff like that. Um, so that their, their editor's kind of like in the mix and everybody's working together. So that's common for us. Got it. Okay. Well, this has been great. I so much value here. So much information, Delana. I appreciate it. I always ask everyone if they can just give me one final um, thought that they, that they want everyone to know if they just if they learned one thing and one thing only from today's uh, chat with you what would you tell them I think the most important thing that I really want to drive home whenever it comes to being a YouTube creator is to get outside of your side of the camera and really think about the viewer. So you want to think about the entire viewer experience from, okay, uh, from when they search the term to, you know, what, if I'm searching this term, what would I be looking for? Like, what would, what would be the uh, signals for me that would be like, oh yes, that's the video that I need. Like really putting yourself, practicing putting yourself, and this does take practice. It takes a lot of time for creators to get outside of their own heads in a way, you know, and really put themselves in the viewer's shoes of what's going to serve them best. Cause the better that you can put yourself in their shoes, the better you're going to be able to connect with them and answer their questions and really grow your business through that. And so, um, that's really the most important thing is, is, you know, constantly challenging yourself to think about the viewer side of things. How is the viewer going to translate this? And just start. It's the second largest just start. So just start. Don't worry about yes. being perfect. Well, Delena, thank you so much. So if people want to learn more about what you do, how do they get in touch with you? 
Yeah, you can go to uh, the videocreators.com. Uh, you can find out all the services, courses, everything that we offer there. Um, you, you can book a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me if you'd like. Um, all that information is there, but there, we also do have a podcast as well. So uh, just search video creators and you'll find it. And then obviously our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel is what we're all about. So you can see what we're doing over there. We have a ton of tips and strategies and things that we tell creators all the time, you know, on a daily basis, it's just free knowledge on our YouTube channel. So it's a great place to be. This has been great. So, so helpful. I really appreciate just giving, you know, strategy and um, some recommendations that, that, agents and lenders and business owners can actually utilize in their business locally to really stand out and dominate. Thank you so much, Jelena. I really appreciate your time. You were a rock star. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed being here. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I love giving value and you absolutely gave it. So everyone, I hope you're just as fired up as I am listening to Jelena. Now remember, it's great to learn, but now it's time to implement. And I will see you next time. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time today. I really appreciate you. And as always, make it a great day. Thanks for taking the time to tune in out of your busy day. I appreciate it. Do you have big dreams? I think you do. And that's why you're listening to this podcast and probably others. Maybe you're ready to start closing one or two more deals a month. Or maybe you want to feel secure enough to go from part-time agent to full-time career. Whatever it is, I know that I can help. The truth is, there is a better way of doing business. If you're struggling to make ends meet, or you're constantly feeling like you're being pulled away from your family to answer clients, it's not your fault. That's what we were taught. Most agents feel just like you do, and I remember feeling the exact same way. But there's a new way to do business, and it's at your fingertips. All you have to do is go to www.themayshoreblueprint.com slash podcast I reserve a call today with one of my business development coaches. They're going to take it 20 minutes to actually review your strategy and to talk to you about what the next steps are. We've helped over 600 agents across the nation in small markets and in large markets absolutely change their business. Now, here's the deal. Don't be afraid. There's no pressure. There's no pitch. In fact, we need to see if you're a good fit for our program. And if all this call does is actually help you craft a plan and look in more detail over the next 30 days to get one or two more clients, wouldn't it be worth it? Well, of course it would. Now you've got big dreams, but what have you done recently to put those dreams into action? We can help you. Go to themayshoreblueprint.com slash podcast. Again, themayshoreblueprint.com slash podcast and reserve your call today. Don't let fear hold you back. There's a new way of doing business and we've found it. See you soon.